everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Sylvester Inspires Belief Cast podcast. Thank you so much for uh, listening and for all your support over the last several weeks. It's been amazing. And I've had some great guests on, and today is no different. I'm so excited for you to get to meet and get to know David Mead. Uh, I've known David for over 10 years now. He's an incredible individual, and I'm excited for him to share his story with you today. He uh, currently works um, with Start Your Why with Simon Sinek as as an igniter. You know, I'm good as an igniter. We'll, We'll get to know what that means here in a minute. He is the co-author of the book, Find Your Why. It's done very well. He's got some amazing people in that book. Uh, <laughs> um, he's married. He has two kids and uh, just a great individual. And he, I love the way he lives his life. And that's why he's on here. As you guys know, I'm very passionate about beliefs because belief dictates the way we behave. And the way Dave behaves and carries himself in life, uh, it's truly inspiring. And so I'm excited to hear how he does that and why he does that. And uh, so welcome, David. Thanks, Todd. Yeah. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Bright and early, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, most people who are on my show, we get here really early. And uh, so I thank you for uh, getting up early and spending some time with me this morning. This is, the, this is when my voice is best, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He does a lot of talking, speaking, travels the world. And uh, and I'm just grateful that I found him with some uh, free time to, to be with us today. So, so. Why don't you uh, start off with, give us a little background, like where you grew up, a little bit about your family life. Sure. So uh, I grew up here in just near Salt Lake, uh, about 25 miles north of Salt Lake in Bountiful. Um, I'm the youngest of five. I got four older sisters. So, Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, a, lot of, <laughs> a lot of cuddling, not a lot of getting beat up growing up. Um, <laughs> a lot of cuddling. I love that. <laughs> which was nice. Um, you know, wore my share of skirts and dresses as I was, you know, as a kid. Yeah, <laughs> makeup here and there, but uh, it was a, it was a it was a good upbringing. Um, I had uh, parents that were a mom specifically that was very strict, not in a mean way, but just in a like just really like had things buttoned up. Always uh-huh. had us, you know, it was very disciplined. Disciplined, yeah. yeah. Um, which I think feeds into a lot of kind of who I've become today. Sure. Um, dad traveled a lot, uh, kind of like I do, so I see a pattern there. But right. the difference is, you know, today we got technology, so it's a little easier to stay connected with family. But um, wasn't all that close to my dad growing up because he was gone all the time. And yeah. it was like, you know, three bucks a minute to call home. So, oh, yeah. So, you know, didn't when he was gone, he was gone. Like, didn't see him. Um, so I uh, have a much better relationship with my dad now. Right. Gotten to know him over the last few years. That For he's sure. Retired and all that stuff. But, yeah. Uh, that's 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 the basics. Of that's the basics. Was that a difficult thing, you know, growing up? Just did, you know, knowing that your dad was gone a lot. Did, did you struggle with that? Did you did you ever remember like where that caused some you know some pain in your life at all, or is it? It was just it was it caused some discomfort when I mean because he was conscious of it, and so when he was home, he would sort of um, try to make up for the fact that he had been gone, and so it was like it was like too much. Uh, almost you know so like I, I remember one specific time um during the summer uh he went out and he spent like hundreds of dollars on camping equipment and was like we're gonna we're gonna cram in this like quality father-son time and buy all this stuff and like do all this thing. and it was just like it was kind of forced and it was a little artificial and it was I mean, good intent like sure you know gotta give him that but we just didn't have the there was the background wasn't there the relationship wasn't there and so it was like it just felt awkward more right. than anything else. And so, you know, I mean, it's, 
um, I, you know, I'm sure that's played into something um, in my later life, but uh, yeah, it was it was a little weird. And then obviously that it affected my parents' relationship. Uh, they ended up divorcing when I was 16. Um, and you know, my my I have twins that are the next siblings um, oh, okay. up for me, but it's a six year difference. Okay. So I was home alone for you know from the time I was about 12. Um, and so, you know, just being the one child at home when there's this, you know, all this marital tension going on, sure, and so, yeah. you know, it was that, that played into to it a little bit, but one, one thing that I do remember, um, and it's still, I think something that really plays into who I am today. Uh, I was, I, I got really adaptable and like whatever came along, I just sort of adapted to it. I, I kind of like a chameleon, you know, I just like yeah. whatever the situation was, I was like, I just would adapt real quick and just deal with the new normal. Interesting. Yeah. And how, how old were you when they divorced? 16. 16. And uh, let's talk about that for a minute, if you don't mind. Like, you know, obviously you adapted and you kind of went with the flow. Did you end up living with your mom or your dad? Probably your mom, it sounds like. My your mom, dad yeah. was gone a lot. Yeah. Um, describe that a little bit and kind of what you were going through. I know you adapted, but. So it was really strange. Like, I, <laughs> I remember uh, my dad you know, with the U-Haul truck or whatever, like in the driveway and, you know, hugging me goodbye to go move into his apartment. And I was, I, I, I remember thinking just like, all right, see ya. I mean, I'll see you this weekend. You know, it was like, it was really just no big deal. Like I, I could tell that they were, you know, they were great people sure. separately. Right. Together was just not a great mix. And so I was like, finally, like, geez, they finally get to like be who they want to be. Right. Right. Um, and so it was really not that tough for me. And I was expecting it sort of like, you know, in my 20s or 30s, maybe to like hit me and finally, you know, mean something. It's just, it's never really hit me. And people think it's so weird that like my parents' divorce like did not affect me one bit. Right. But uh, that I can tell. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Because that's usually not typical. Yeah. You know, it was actually kind of, you know, as a 16 year old to look at it in the way you did, that's actually was very mature. Well, you know, you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> but you're a very mature guy. Yeah, yeah, that is pretty uh, rare, actually. You know, yeah. I work with a lot of people who, you know, struggle in life right now, and they always refer back to, well, when my parents got divorced, that's when you know mm -hmm. things really unraveled for me a little bit. So to hear mm -hmm. you say that's pretty remarkable. You know how your how did your sisters handle it? Do you remember? Was um, it kind of the same thing? Or? No, I, um, you know, I mean, I, I don't know, I. One of them, I know my oldest sister really, really struggled with it um, for years um, and, you know, even kind of passed that struggle on to her kids of like, you know, hey, you know, we really need to root for grandma and grandpa to get back together and all this kind of thing. I'm like, yeah. dude, let it go. Like, right. you know, <laughs> um, and then uh, the, otherwise, I think, you know, I, there wasn't any, I didn't really notice any, any huge amount of um, tension or anything from my other sisters okay. on it. But yeah, my older sister really struggled with it. Okay. Well, um, so as you move forward in life, you know, you, you go to high school, maybe talk about what, what, what did you do after you graduated and kind of, you know, what paths were you trying to find and lead and careers you wanted to do? Sure. So, um, <clears throat> graduate, I, I had a little different experience. I was homeschooled for about five years, okay. um, during, from fourth grade to ninth grade. Okay. Um, and then when I went back, I went back to a couple of classes for ninth grade, which was the last year of middle school uh, here. Um, and man, I was weird, dude. Like I was just, I was an odd <laughs> duck, man. Yeah. Um, 
not, I mean, I wouldn't like say socially meaning. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, I made friends and stuff like that, but just like, I would wear weird clothes and like, I was just, I was just a weird kid. Right. So but, nothing's changed. <laughs> <laughs> not much. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I kind of quote unquote normalized a bit in high yeah. school. I didn't have any trouble making friends or whatever. I had a good experience, but I went to, uh, I went to a high school that was, um, that was different than where most of the kids from my middle school went. So I okay. went to high school and I knew nobody. So I was kind of starting to square one. Um, but I did okay in high school. I mean, I made some friends and, um, after high school, uh, so, but sorry, during that, during that time, I also, uh, I was young for my grade. Mm -hmm. And so I graduated when I was 17 and during high school, I was also taking some, uh, university classes also. So I was taking like Hebrew and Middle East studies, like all this weird stuff. Not weird, but just, you know, not right. standard for most sure. high school kids. <laughs> um, and uh, so I, I didn't know what I, really what I wanted to do. I thought I was going to get into Middle East studies. Um, ended up taking a couple, going to college for a couple of years before I left on a mission for uh, my church. Um, went to Japan for a couple of years, came back. Okay. And then didn't really know what I wanted to do. I floated around. I think I had four major, four different majors. Finally ended up graduating in communications because I was like, I just want to get out of here. Yeah, right. And do something, right? <laughs> so it's the communications is that major that where you can do everything, but you can do nothing, right? Um, <laughs> right. And so I basically landed in sales and I just did, you know, a bunch of sales jobs uh, mm -hmm. for a few years. And then yeah. in 2004, um, I got into corporate training, which is similar to what my dad had done. And I thought, you know, I kind of... I. I thought I would enjoy that from his, you know, descriptions of it and look like he was, you know, enjoying what he was doing. And I, I really right. liked it. Yeah. Um, the, the challenge that I had was it was usually sales training because that was kind of my background. So, you know, I would train other salespeople and as everybody knows, turnover in sales is so high. Oh, yeah. And so I would put all this time and energy and effort into these uh, training sessions and, you know, four months later, the people would be gone. So it's like I couldn't really see the effect of any of the work that I was doing. Hopefully they took some good stuff that I had trained them with and took it somewhere else. But I just, right. I couldn't really see the, I couldn't see the follow through. Yeah, so it was, it was a little, yeah. I don't know, it felt a little empty to me. Unfulfilling at times. Yeah. 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 Corporate training, uh, that's uh, quite the task, I think. When, sounds pretty big yeah. at the time. But uh, so what did that lead into as you move forward in that direction? So I, um, I, I was doing that for a um, couple of years, uh, and then I, you know, it was 2006, um, got into a little bit of uh, real estate stuff and a um, little entrepreneurial sprint there for a bit until <laughs> 2008 when that all fell apart. Right. And then um, through sort of making, way, making, my, making my way back through that disaster, uh, I'll spare you all the details of that because nobody cares, but um, I mean, you do, but no, probably right. no, none of your listeners do. <laughs> Um, but I ended up basically through, uh, you know, a sort of an odd path uh, with this company where you and I met. Yeah. Uh, and again, kind of in a sales training role again. Um, and that's where I met Simon Sinek. Um, CEO knew somebody who knew somebody who knew Simon. This was before um, his TED Talk or books or anything. No, nobody knew who the guy was. Yeah, he kind of wasn't famous at the time. Yeah. Great, an amazing individual when you met him. It's yeah. like, wow, this guy's incredible. But yeah, he was kind of an unknown at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And so he just came in and shared this simple idea about the why and purpose and, you know, loyalty and trust and like all this stuff that um, just made a ton of sense. 
And it was something that it wasn't any, anything new to me necessarily. It's just it was sort of dormant, right? The way that I kind of think about it is there was, you know, if I have a house, there was a room in my house where the light was off. And Simon just came and switched the light on. And I was like, oh. It's like it's been there the whole time, but I just couldn't see it. Yeah. Right? Uh, and so through that, I just uh, developed a relationship with him, and I basically stole his idea, and I wrote it down um, <laughs> into the training manual that I was writing. Yeah. Uh, and I you know, gave him a copy of it. I still have a copy. It's not that good, right? But I gave it to him just to show him what he had inspired. Uh, and he was pretty surprised by the fact that I could hear him speak one time and turn it into something. Yeah. Um, and so he said, hey, you know, do you want to come help? We're putting together an online course to help people discover their own why. Uh, and I said, sure. So I worked worked with him a couple so, hours in the morning. So he, he actually asked you. He came to you and yeah. said, after seeing what you've done, hey, we would love, love you to come work with me, basically. Yeah. Yeah, because I always wondered how that happened. Yeah, yeah. Like, I was wondering if you were, like, chasing him, like, hey, <laughs> I want to be a part of your – but it, it kind of – he saw your work and th- saw some, hey, this guy would be a great asset for us. Yeah. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that was cool. So I was working with him a couple hours in the morning, and then I would come to work with you. Uh, until, you know, a couple of years later when I got laid off and then I went and worked with him full time. Full time. Yeah. And that was, it's been 10 years, roughly. Roughly, right? yeah. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And so your, your title, which I had a hard time saying in the beginning, Igniter. Yeah. Describe to our listeners, what is it, an Igniter? What is that? Sure. So um, the way that we kind of see it is that Simon is the flame, like he's the kind of the, the one that kind of lights the flame on, on people mm-hmm. um, with these new ideas, these really simple concepts. And igniters, and there are a few of us, we basically go and we're kind of a spark of that flame, right? So we go and we do kind of do the same thing. We're igniting these um, uh, these ideas and kind of lighting the fire for people um, so that they can go on to do something more, something better, yeah. something more fulfilling in life. Yeah, I love the visual of that. You know, it. Uh, I'm a, I, I love that too. I mean, it's on my wall here. Yeah. You know, the most powerful weapon on earth is a human soul on fire. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what you do. You, you light people's fires, man. Yeah. You know, I know with what you've helped me with and, re, you know, fine tuning my why has been amazing because it's like I, I get to live it every single day and I do like, I feel like I'm on fire. Yeah. You know, so for you to do that, it has to be very fulfilling, I would imagine. It is. I mean, it's, you know, there's still a bit of that. Um, Again, just the nature of most of what I do, which is you know speaking and workshops, and we do more short-term engagement stuff than mm-hmm. we do long-term, even though although the, the long-term stuff is picking up. Um, but it's kind of this. I, I find myself sometimes running into the same uh, issue, not as badly, but as the same issue as I had when I was in sales training, which is like you put out all this energy, and then like you don't really get to see what happens. Yeah, right, right. right. So um, now you know I, I'm not training people to sell satellite TV anymore. Like, I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm giving, sure. like you said, like, uh, you know, igniting kind of the, the fire within them to do something fulfilling and really meaningful in life, which in and of itself is much more fulfilling than anything that's ever done. Um, and it's really great when you get to keep in touch with people or with organizations that you can see are doing this on a day-to-day basis and, and trying new things and seeing the, the difference in their culture uh, and the meaning that they find in their work and the fulfillment that they're getting. Um, and right. I mean, this is so many people go to work and they are just dead inside, you know? Right. Um, cause there's no purpose. There's no meaning. There's no fire in it. Um, so when you get them to understand the difference that they're making in the lives of people and the impact that they're having through the work that they do or through the companies that they lead, like that's awesome. Yeah. That's inc- incredible. You know, you've been there for 10 years. It- can you maybe describe a couple times where 
you just had an incredible moment with whether it's speaking for an organization or a company or an individual that you're working with. Can you maybe share a couple of those examples that you just were like, man, this is incredible, like what I'm seeing and what I'm experiencing? Sure. Um, I was in uh, Australia. I was doing a, a workshop for a bunch of um, they were essentially um, representatives of uh, mobile phone companies that were, you know, selling a particular um, products for a particular brand. Uh, and it was a room of about 70 or so salespeople, mostly guys. Um, and it was on the, it was a two-day two workshop. I think it was on the second day, uh, morning of the second day. We went to morning break. Um, and there was a guy that was sort of sitting uh, by the wall. Um, and he kind of had his head down. He was working on stuff. And it was, it was a point in the day where we were sort of refining their why, their why statement, kind of their purpose statement, and their hows, which are their you know, uh, guiding principles, these kind of things, like right. the actions and behaviors that you take to bring your why to life. Um, and he had his head down on his pad. And I could just tell he was kind of struggling with you know, getting the right words or whatever, and everyone else had gone on break, and he wanted to kind of work through the break to try to get, get through this. Yeah. So I went down, and I sat down next to him, and he said, you know, I'm just, I just can't find the right words. I just am not sure you know, how, how to phrase what I'm feeling and all this stuff. And so I, I worked with him for a couple of minutes, um, and I just asked him to tell me a story, tell me one of the stories that he had told to get to his, his why, because right. the why comes from our past. Sure. Um, and he talked about uh, his two daughters and how uh, what, an, what an impact he feels like he has and wants to have on their lives and on their future so they can grow up to be you know, the amazing women that he wants them to be. And when he was telling me the story, he just broke down in tears and started to cry. Um, and f through that story, I was able to help him, you know, articulate, pick out a few words and ideas that really galvanized that, um, mm -hmm. that, that, that feeling into his why statement. Um, and just the, the, the difference that that made to him, knowing that, like, even though he's coming to work and doing something that maybe isn't like his passion in life, um, he can tie that to that same feeling of helping, you know, um, his daughters in that way that he has such an impact on him and do the same thing for the people that he works with. Right. So that was a, a super cool experience. Um, That's awesome. And it's always, you know, I find that you know, it doesn't matter what the size of the company is or the size of the group is that I speak to, it's always that one individual. Yeah. Um, another instance, I was in um, Kohler, Wisconsin. I was doing a, a gig for a, um, a large uh, energy company that you have heard of. <laughs> and it was about through about two, I think about 200 of their kind of senior uh, executives there um, in an industry where I, I wouldn't necessarily expect a whole lot of engagement or acceptance. Um, just, you know, big oil companies are usually not the most purpose-based, uh, right. you know, companies, but sure, sure. Um, I was kind of after the, the, uh, after the talk was over, I was, you know, in the back with the tech guys kind of getting my microphone back and whatever. And this guy walked up to me and he said, um, you seem like a giver and I want you to know that you have given me something tonight that I am going to, I commit to you that I'm going to go and, and give it to somebody else and share it with somebody wow. else. So just those little things, yeah. um, you know, you hear all the time that, well, if I can just affect one person, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And if we only affect one person, nothing's going to happen. But right. I, to know that, like, yeah. it's always on, it's always an individual that comes up and tells you this stuff, right? Sure, sure. And I, I have to believe that for every one person that actually comes up and says something, there are several more in the group that probably feel the same way, just didn't come up. Just anything, didn't say it, right? right? Yeah. 
Um, and, you know, I, I think about it, too, is that, you know, Simon spoke to our little group of, you know, 25 people or whatever mm-hmm. it was at the time. Right. And I was one of those. And it only takes, I mean, it really only takes, I, don't, I wouldn't say it takes one person, but it takes person at a, people at an individual level to raise their hand and say, I'm going to do something with this. Yeah. Um, and so to see those people do that um, is probably the most inspiring part yeah. of it. Yeah, it's interesting. When, when I heard Simon speak, too, a few of that way back then, I'll, I'll never forget, he did, I mean, he touched me in a way that I realized what I was doing at that moment, this isn't me. Mm-hmm. This is not what I want to be doing. Because I was doing some some of the stuff I do now on the side. Mm-hmm. I'm like, i got to figure out how to do that full time. So yeah. I can relate to what you're saying. It's like, and I'll never forget, I walked up to Simon too and said, dude, you, you changed my world. And I think I even got his email and I sent him an email and just thanked him and said, thank you so much mm-hmm. for that. And so I would imagine you get that quite often and how fulfilling that may feel. Oh my gosh. Like you know I, I mean? Yeah. In the, in the early days, I used to handle all the emails coming in. Um, <laughs> Yeah, we, I don't do that anymore. Uh, Thank but goodness, have, right? Yeah, I, it, it, but it was great. I mean, you know, among all the all the emails of you know, hey, is Simon single? Um, there, <laughs> right. There were just amazing stories of people that you know have taken this message and done something with it, or the way that it's made them feel or affected their life. And um, now on our team, we have two people that you know handle all those right. uh, emails and stuff. And every week, um, they post one. Uh, in our in our Slack channel for everybody to see, and just these stories that come in of like how this this message has affected people's lives and how different it you know it just changes their complete their perspective completely on right. not only you know their job but also on their relationships and on every part of their life. It's just it's awesome to be a part of that. That is so cool. Yeah. Well, I want to. Uh, this is awesome. I, I thank you for sharing all that. I, I want to go back just a little bit because. You know, people who know you now, especially me, they, we see the way you carry yourself. You seem very confident. You you know what you're doing. You, you're you laughing. You just seem like you love living. And I want to go back, you know, growing up, what were some beliefs that maybe that you did struggle with as a young kid, you know, that maybe that you brought on with you through college and, you know, maybe even up until this point, mm-hmm. a belief that maybe you struggle with, like... Um, can you think of any? I know I'm kind of yeah. I'm, I sort of mentioned it before, but I think the biggest thing is just I was I was weird. Like my mom is Persian. Um, we grew up in a very like Wonder Bread kind of neighborhood uh, where it's like you know very homogenous. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, me included. I'm white. I mean, I, I, I you would look at me and have no clue that my mom is Persian, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I know that, yeah. <laughs> um, but so, you know, and back, you know, back growing up in the early 80s, like it was, you know, I mean, people would come and I remember one, uh, one, in, one morning we woke up and somebody had uh, spray painted foreigner on our driveway, um, spelled the wrong way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so I, I kind of grew up with this consciousness that like, I'm weird, mm-hmm. I'm different because I don't have two white parents. Um, and the fact that like my mom was very strict in a lot of things, but, um, we ate weird food, like, you know, no candy, like no sugar, no white bread. Like I, dude, growing up, I would like go to my neighbor's house and ask for white bread for us, (laughs) like, dude, but you know, so just stuff like that. And so I just grew up kind of thinking I was different. I was weird. Didn't love having friends come over just because we were weird. Because you felt weird. And then you think my friends are going to think we're weird or that I'm weird. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How did you get over that? Do you think? How did you get past maybe, you know, looking at it as weird, and maybe how do you look at it now? Like what? 
I think it, it transitioned a little bit from weird to um, different, uh, which is totally fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember very that that idea of different really ties to um, my religion, I think. And okay. um, when I first joined Simon's team, uh, Simon's based in New York. At that time, there were only three of us. It was Simon and Kim, uh, who's now our chief rebel officer, uh, <laughs> and me. So um, I was the only one of my faith uh, on our team. And I, I sort of, as our team began to grow a little bit, you know, we were very small in the beginning, right. you know, maybe four or five. I sort of, I got the sense that I, I kind of, I wanted to fit into that. And so um, I found myself sort of not, I mean, it's not like I was pushing my, my, my religion into the background necessarily, but mm-hmm. I wasn't as open about it. I wasn't as, I wasn't necessarily proud of it, I, all this stuff. Right. And I remember Kim uh, talking to me once and she, she just didn't mention it. I don't remember exactly what she said, but the idea that, you know, that is, is a huge part of what she respects in me is my values and my beliefs. And she's like, dude, like stand up for that. Like be, be that. Right. Don't, you know, try to not necessarily don't, but I, what I got from that was don't try to fit in with us. Like we, you know, we believe in the same, we, we imagine the same world, right? right? We're working toward the same thing, but you can be your own individual. You don't have to be like us. Right. Wow. And so really at that point I thought, man, it's, it's okay to be different. So even if people think that I'm weird because of my religion or what I believe, right? right? Yeah. And so um, it's, you know, it's not that I'm out like proselytizing at work or anything, <laughs> right. but um, yeah. now, you know, the things that make me different are the things that make me unique. Um, and, and it's, you know, I'm not perfect. I, you know, you say I come across really confident. I still have my insecurities, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing that I've really tried to do is just really stand for what I believe in. In fact, one of my hows um, is stand for what I believe is right. Uh, and so I know that when I do that, I am at my best. Um, and so that's sort of transition from, oh, I'm the weird kid and I should be ashamed of that to I'm different maybe than other people. Um, I'm not the only person who believes this way, but if I'm in a crowd of people and I'm the only one that, you know, is quote unquote different, who cares? Like we're all, we're all different. Right. Right. In our own way. Oh, that's powerful, powerful message. And how grateful I'm sure you are for Kim. Totally. To call you out. Yeah. I mean, she called you out, basically. Come she, on, dude. She continues to call me out all the time <laughs> on different things. But yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. That is so cool. It's And those are the kind of people we need to rub shoulders with who are not afraid to tell us the truth. Because she does you know? it in love, right? Yeah. Yeah. She did it because she cared about you. Yeah. Be you. I love yeah. that, man. Just be it, man. Yeah. What a powerful message. Um, so... Um, you know, again, like I said, when people who know you now, I mean, you come up, you just seem so confident and just, you know, who you are, it feels like, you know, like there's just the way you carry yourself. What What's a belief that you have now? I mean, you shared just something right there, but is there a specific one outside of what you just shared that you, it's a belief you hold firm to that kind of sets you free and empowers you? If that makes sense. You know, like, for instance, you know, have you know, a lot of my clients, they typically have a belief that I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm. And then they we work on it and we shift that belief to actually that I'm powerful beyond measure, mm-hmm. you know. And and then that, the way they behave now mirrors that new belief system, and it's mm-hmm. amazing. And I'm just wondering if you have something like that. that yeah, um, I, I know that I do. I don't. I guess I don't consciously think about it, but the first thing that kind of popped into my head is that um, – 
you know, every single person has value. Uh, mm. We all have something to give. We all have, we can all, one of the, the huge things, and again, it goes back to one of my house, which is um, the way that I phrase it is show up to improve. Mm. And it's around this, um, the concept of learning, like learning was a huge thing for me growing up. And I have my, my I got it from my mom. She has this insatiable uh, thirst for knowledge and learning and growth and all this stuff. And that she passed that on to me. Um, and so the way that I phrase that is show up to improve, which means whenever I show up somewhere, I don't show up in a, in a conversation or a podcast or an event or a workshop or whatever. I don't show up as the authority that I have the information. I have the knowledge that I am going to impart to you and aren't you lucky, right? It's right. I, I show up to learn just as much from the person that I'm interacting with uh, as they might learn from me. And so yeah. it doesn't matter who it is. Somebody has some sort of perspective that can help us mm-hmm. that we can learn something from. Yeah, I love that. You know, as you say this, my mind was going back to when I first met you and I was working with you. When you say this, that's exactly how I viewed you. Hmm. You showed up to learn and you imparted your stuff and you were very open and you helped me a ton. You're always helping me, inspiring me back then at the time. And I don't know if you even knew that, but I looked at you as, wow, you know, this kid, man, I like this guy. Hmm. You know, I like the way he carries himself and kind of thing. So I can see you doing that even way back then. Hmm. That's good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Glad I didn't just make that up. Yeah. No, it, it fits perfectly. And, you know, how, how grateful to have a mom who teaches you these things that you can just take on to your life, man. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, and, you know, I remember back then, I, just, I, I at best I took it for granted, and at worst right. I thought, oh, my gosh, mom, lay off. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, just let me be a kid. Um, yeah. But, you know, I look back on it now, and, man, I am grateful for yeah. the, the discipline that she instilled in me and that love of learning and growth and stuff. It's just totally made me who I am. Wow, it's amazing. So um, let's... Uh, jump forward a little bit to you uh, help uh, co-author a book with Simon Sinek called Find Your Why. Mm-hmm. Describe that and how did that come to be? Um, so <clears throat> for those for those of your listeners who don't understand this, we've been talking about the why this whole time, right? The, the Simon uh, came up with this very simple model uh, to basically codify purpose, which has been around for thousands of years, obviously. Right. But he did it in a way that's really, really simple. So he um, came up with this thing called the Golden Circle, which is basically a, a bullseye. Uh, and right in the center, you have why. The middle ring is the how. And the outer ring is the what. And the, the basic idea is that every organization, even our own careers, operate on these three levels. What we do, how we do it, and why we do it. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows what they do, um, which is your products, your services, you know, kind of what you sell, what yeah. you do on a daily basis. Uh, some people know how they do what they do, which is uh, how are you different or special? How do you set yourself apart? What are your core values, your guiding principles, those kind of things? Um, but very few people really know, or more importantly, probably can clearly articulate and talk about why they do what they do, which is uh, purpose, cause, belief, like what is the driver behind everything that you do? So um, this is the work that we've been engaged in. And so Simon wrote um, a book called Start With Why, in 2009 and for what was it seven about seven or eight years uh yeah about eight years it was just out there kind of on its own and it went into a lot of detail a lot of descriptions a lot of stories a lot of examples of Mm -hmm. these organizations that start with why but he didn't tell you how to find it 
right? right? And so the biggest request that we were getting is, great, get the concept, but like, how do I actually do this? <clears throat> and this is something that we had been offering in, you know, in workshop format for right. a few years. People would, you know, companies would hire us to come in and we would help a company articulate its why. We would help individuals within the company articulate their why, but like it was dependent on us being in the room. <clears throat> and so we thought at one point, you know, if we're ever going to scale this and we're, if we're actually ever going to change the world and the way the business works, yeah. we got to, you know, there's got to be more than four of us out there doing this thing. So that's where kind of the idea for, well, what if we just wrote a book and gave it away for 15 bucks uh, or whatever it was? Right. Um, <laughs> what if we did that? Right. And so we um, just had a meeting with, uh, with Simon's publisher, um, walked out of the room with, uh, you know, this idea for this book called Find Your Why. Uh, which is essentially taking the, the 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 two workshops that we do, one for an individual helping an individual find their why, and a company or a team or a tribe to find their why. And we basically took our process and we wrote it down into this book, so that now you know if and any individual can pick this up and discover their own why. Um, anybody within an organization who wants to help that tribe discover its why, uh, or any coach, any consultant, right. anybody can pick up this book and now have the process to have our process, at least, on how to discover and articulate this idea called why. The thing that was interesting is, you know, um, the Golden Circle, none of this stuff is, you know, copyrighted or anything. So we want people to use it. And there were a lot of people out there, you know, just watching Simon's videos, reading the book, you know, all this stuff that were kind of right. coming up with their own method of doing it. Of it yeah. um, and we thought, well, why don't we just give them like our method so that, you know, not that ours is any more right than anybody else's, but right. we've, you know, we feel like we've, I wouldn't say perfected it because we're still morphing it and changing it, but yeah. we've done it long enough that we've had, you know, really great success sure, doing it sure. our way. And if people are going to be using Simon's concepts anyway, why not give them the actual process? Yeah. Wow, very cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, great book. Um, I've read it, uh, love it. Um, and, you know, I just, I think it's amazing how you guys simplify things. It's so simple. Like, really, when you break it all down, yeah. I think, you know, because you've done a lot of why discoveries for several of my clients over the years. And, you know, and I, I've been able to sit in and watch these actually unfold. Mm -hmm. You know, we just did one here with a resident here at Wasatch. And, you know, I talked to her on Monday because we did it last Friday. And she yeah. was just like, she was still beaming. She's like, that was so incredible. She goes, I finally figured out this is my my direction I'm going to go in. And you cool. see that. And then her exact words were, I can't believe how simple it is. It's, it's been right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like what you said, where Simon turned the light on in the house for mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Like that one room that was dark. Mm -hmm. Oh, there it is. Always been there. Always had it. Yeah. That's what she was saying. And so I just think it's incredible how you guys simplify this process mm -hmm. and that you're willing to just give it away to anyone you know it's not copyrighted we're not like okay you got to come to us and yeah you know then maybe we'll give it to you it's just right. like you're, you guys are doing it freely i don't know it's just really cool yeah Very i cool. mean you know it's like it all goes back to our why which is <laughs> you know it's uh we're not we're not in it to you know to make money we're in it to actually change the world like really and so in order to do that we have to give it away or else nothing's going to change right, right? And, you know, I mean, the interesting thing, too, is that we have, um, you know, because we do it that way, we end up with, because we are strong, let's, let's put it back in the context of the golden circle, right? Because we are sourced from our why, and we want to make a positive difference in the world for people. We want to inspire people to do the things that inspire them. 
we naturally get the what's, which are you know the engagements, the money, all this you know all the stuff that we need in order to keep bringing that life alive. Yeah, very cool. Well, if uh, you know if you if some of our listeners out there are struggling with finding purpose in their life, they're not sure what direction to go in. Give them some uh, ideas. Where, where could they maybe find this information that they could start maybe studying it and kind of figuring out how they can you know put this process into action for their own life? Sure. So um, probably the most central resource to go is startwithwhy.com. Why is spelled out W-H-Y. You can also Google Simon Sinek. You'll find hundreds, if not thousands, of videos <laughs> and other resources there too. But um, you know, on the website, we've also got uh, an on the online course, which is designed to help individuals discover and articulate their own why. It's the same process that's in the book, Find Your Why, but just for people maybe who don't want to necessarily sit there with the with the you know, with a paper book. Yeah. Um, it's an online process. You input all your stuff uh, online, and it saves it all and prints it out at the end. So um, Find Your Why uh, anywhere books are sold. It's also an audiobook uh, as well. But uh, cool. yeah, those are good places to start. Awesome. Um, if you uh, could go back to your younger self, you know, maybe junior high age, if you could give yourself any advice now, back then, and this is for our younger listeners as well, any advice you would have given yourself, if you could go back to your 14-year-old self, what would you tell yourself? Uh, anything? A lot of things, but I think the first thing would be to uh, stand for what I believe in. Don't be ashamed of it. Um, and just be confident in who I am and what makes me different. Yeah, beautiful. Very simple yet powerful. So if people wanted to maybe reach out to you, if that's okay, um, how would they do that? What would be the best way if they have a question for you or if they want to just you know reach out to you and tell you thanks? What, how would they do that? Uh, a couple ways. You can go to the contact page on startwithwhy.com. Uh, you can hit me on Twitter, which I sometimes check at uh, IgniterDM. <laughs> uh, and those are probably the two best ways. <laughs> Awesome. Well, I want to thank you uh, for spending the morning with me and sharing your story. And just this was really powerful. I'm always inspired when I sit with you. Likewise. Um, yeah, I really mean that. Um, I consider you one of my best friends and uh, grateful to rub shoulders with you. Thanks, Tom. So thank you so much for being on here. You got it. Okay. Okay, listeners, uh, thank you for joining us again today. Um, please share this with anyone and everyone, honestly. Um, anyone that might be struggling with purpose in life and trying to discover why they're even here, um, you know, this, this podcast is for them. And then they can reach out to David. They can go to startwithwhy.com and get more information on this. So thank you for your support and uh, have a, an amazing day. See you later.